Hey, it's Casey Cheshire from EO Boston. It's an honor for my team at Ringmaster to partner with EO Atlanta to produce this great podcast. If you're interested in an experience share around what it takes to launch a podcast, how to be a better host, or a great guest, shoot me an email at casey at ringmaster.com. And now back to the show. Entrepreneurship is hard. So let's fix that and dive into our hero's journeys. This is Taking Flight, an entrepreneur's journey, and I'm Sarah Torville. Join me as we delve deep into the passions, expertise, and experiences of those already in flight. This show is sponsored by EO Atlanta. Okay, and welcome, everybody. Welcome to our listeners. Welcome to our viewers to another podcast of the entrepreneur's journey. I am very, very delighted with the guest I have on our show today. My gosh, so much to say about him. He is a coach, a strategic team leader, a relationship builder, a creative developer, a problem solver, the CEO and founder of Trenches Sports and Entertainment, as well as CEO and founder of Georgia Music Accord. Welcome to Brad Alecki. Hi, Brad. Hey, Sarah, thanks so much for having me. This is fantastic. I'm really excited to talk with you. I can't wait to talk to you, Brad. I've been excited about getting to this point and um, can't wait to dig into your entrepreneurial journey and share some really great advice with our, with our viewers. So let's kick it off. Let's get going. Hopefully I've got something to share. You, I know you have. I know you have. So our first question I really want to ask you actually is, what did you get right, Brad, when you took your first flight into your entrepreneurial journey? Like, tell me, what did you get right? Yeah, it's a great question. I was so nervous early on because I, I tell people all the time, I never had the entrepreneurial itch. I never had a, I've got to work for myself. I have this brilliant right. idea type of mentality. And I still think sometimes that I, I, uh, I have the imposter syndrome of an entrepreneur. Um, but I, I'll tell you what really got, what I got right was I talked to the right people who provided me with the necessary confidence to, to move into this phase of my life and to know that with success or failure, it was going to be okay. Um, the number one thing I got right is that I spoke to my wife about it and she said the best advice I'd ever heard, um, your incredibly employable, even if this doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So give it a shot. And that was echoed by a mentor of mine. And from that moment on, I was uh, all sales up, ready to go. That's great. So she kind of gave you that reassurance that kind of like, why would you not try? Because if not, everything's going to be fine anyway. Yeah. Or maybe I just had to ask permission. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But no, absolutely. She was phenomenal. And she still to this day, we both work in very similar businesses in, in marketing and sports right? and she's very supportive and uh, our, our conversations help in every aspect of, 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 of running this company. Right. Wow. That's really, really great. Yeah. So that, that leads me so much to this whole, you know, the conversation around our co-pilots, like, so who are, or were your co-pilots on this journey? Obviously I'm assuming your wife, you said it's, she's been very, very important. Talk to me about that and any other co-pilots you've had. Yeah, you know, I think it's in part it's important to have that that partner. Um, you know, my wife Margaret Ann has always been supportive, inquisitive, uh, motivational. 
And that was key for me, but it's still, you don't, she doesn't know what it means to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. um, so I had an incredible mentor and partner who helped me in the very beginning of this uh, journey, who, who kept, um, you know, kept with the, providing the sage advice, kept providing me with the, the motivation and, and the, the advice uh, that I needed in order to move forward. And uh, his name's Gordon, we call him GW. He was phenomenal in, and he had been through so many different businesses, running major corporations, starting businesses of his own, buying businesses. And um, he has continued to help me along the way. And then I've always reached out to mentors that, and friends. Right. Um, my co-pilot seat is probably 10 deep. Right, wow. So you associate yourself around good people giving advice to you, sounds like. The number one thing that, uh, our number one piece of trenches culture is to do good work with good people. Yeah. That's the number one thing for me is to work yeah. with people I enjoy working with that I trust and that I believe have, you know, empathy and have a willingness to, to help and aren't, you know, selfish in nature. That's yeah. always. Me. You just touched on some actual, such an important piece and something I've been dealing with myself. Uh, so I, I definitely agree. You, you need to be able to go to work and enjoy the people you're working with. Otherwise, what is the point? It's like, we have to have enjoy it and have fun along the way too. Absolutely. And if you're not having fun, it will throw your whole day off. Yeah. Well, as entrepreneurs, I feel like we, we wear work on our sleeve. Yeah. Um, I, my favorite music lyric is by an artist named Ray LaMontagne. And it says, pay no attention to the blood on the floor. That's just this heart on my sleeve that's bleeding. And I feel like that is my mantra or one of them because yeah. I'm always, I'm, I'm always emotional and you know, not like emotional, like I'm a, you know, a no. <laughs> no. but I'm passionate about yeah. what, what it is that I do and people around me that I work with and that I work for. And, you know, they, I want the same thing. Yeah. And I remember Brad, when I first met you, when we were both signing up for EO, that was one of the things I took away from you. And I knew how much, you know, you put your heart first. Um, and I remember you sharing things and I think that's wonderful. It's like, you know, um, I actually think that's what people want to work with great people. So you've just, you know, it's so important. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, and you'll provide an opportunity, which is amazing. Yeah, that's great. So tell me, like, what is a challenge that you and your team had to solve recently in your business? I know you obviously you're the CEO and founder of two businesses, but just talk to me about some challenges and how you overcame them. Yeah. Well, you know, trenches being kind of the, the primary or the longest standing of the businesses, believe it or not, and I, and I joke all the time that I'm not a very good entrepreneur. I'm good at what I do. I built a job for myself. Mm -hmm. So what the biggest challenge that we have faced is how do we start to scale our business mm -hmm. and how do we start to build on all the hard work over the past six years? Mm -hmm. And we have started to implement pieces of advice that we've gotten from different folks, you know, pieces of advice that we've got from people who are implementing EOS, uh, other great, you know, just just doers, um, you know, organized individuals, peers, mentors that have helped me figure out exactly how do we better organize and create standard operating procedure. Right. As a business, um, it's hard to figure out how to scale and, and, and be in front of every client. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. working with my team to make sure that we have the best communication in place, 
the best structure, the best reporting, um, and the best you know overall procedures. It's really helped us get more organized and go into 2023 with a better, more solid plan for growth. But how do you do that? I think that's a challenge a lot of entrepreneurs face. So how do you, because obviously being the, the, the guy you are where things matter, and I'm sure your clients matter, how do you scale and still show that you matter, that things matter? How do you do that? <laughs> can, I phone a, <laughs> is this a, can I phone a friend in this podcast? <laughs> I, you know, we are very much about the personal relationships with yeah. our customers and our clients. And for me, I still want to be involved with those conversations. So it wasn't about removing myself from those conversations. It was about finding the way to better organize all of the administrative stuff, candidly, that I hate. Yeah. You know, I, I would rather be out in front of the clients. I would rather be out having conversations, promoting our business, you know, focusing on the business development side than I would sitting around and worrying about where are we on this spreadsheet and what's the recording, right. what's our sales pipeline look like. So I took the steps to implement that with our team. And there was no specific um, you know, tool that we used. It, again, it was pulling from a lot of different tools or, or assets that I've heard of mm -hmm. creating our own way. And we took the time to do that. My problem was always, I never made the time. I always thought if I'm not focusing on driving revenue, driving revenue, driving revenue, I'm wasting time. Yeah. Theory, I was wasting time by not being organized because the lost time impacted the, the success yeah. activity of all that work that was being done. It was, you know, again, I hate, I hate the, you know, the, the, uh, the old saying, but it's working smarter, not harder. And that's yeah. what for six years I realized we needed to do. So that, that's really interesting the way you just described that though. So rather than, so to scale was not about losing touch with your clients. It was about getting rid of the stuff that you shouldn't be doing in the first place. But because you hear of different entrepreneurs who go and create layers in their business to allow those people to touch the client so that you as a CEO don't need to touch them. You can be working on other bigger things. But actually what you said to me, I really, really like is the fact that you're still involved, but you got rid of all the other stuff that you shouldn't be doing. Isn't it important to figure out what we want to do uh, that we're most passionate about in our business. Yeah. It was getting in front of the customer. It was talking and brainstorming and creating. Yeah. Um, I, I, would, I would not thrive if I had to sit in the back and, and just run the business. That's not, mm -hmm. that's not where I thrive. No. So creating the, the, the policies and procedures that allowed me to continue to be out front was, was what we needed to do. And I'm sure it's going to be different. There may be CEOs out there and our fellow entrepreneurs who say, I want to be behind the scenes. Well, find a way for, be behind the scenes and who's going to then be out there in a biz dev capacity yeah. or role. Yeah, no, definitely. Wow. You just taught me something. Thank you. Um, so, so EOS, you mentioned EOS. I just want to dig into that a little bit. So that, is that something you have implemented in your company? Is it, have you done it yourself? Are you ready for 2023? What do you, what does that look like? Well, you know, EOS is something that intrigues me, but it's not a, something that we have, you know, jumped in with both feet. It has been learning from my fellow forum mates mm -hmm. what has worked for them and yeah. then implementing bits and pieces. Right. I, you moderated an incredible conversation for us a couple of weeks ago at our Listen Up event. And it's for me, it was really about am I listening to all of the different people? How does EO work for me? And if I have yeah. all amazing entrepreneurs in place, 
is it really just one piece of software or one strategy that I needed to implement? Or can I learn from all of these yeah. different experts and start to figure out what works for me? Yeah. I, 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 I'm not built to work within just the, the 90 or the EOS system. I needed to find something yeah. that the collaboration of multiple, you know, platforms or services or whatever you want to call them to create our own way. Yeah. No, that's really, really good. Really interesting. I love that. Thank you. So what excites you about the future, Brad? What is, what is your future of flight look like? I'm all about this flight, this journey. <laughs> you know, it's, for me, um, it's probably the number one thing I struggle with is how do I take these three businesses and what does the future look like? Mm -hmm. And it was on our retreat as a forum that I sat down and we sat down as a group and we started talking about two, five, 10, 20 in the last phase of your life. And it's actually a, you know, a form we were filling out and setting goals of what two, five, 10 years, et cetera, looks like. And I started to think about it holistically and think about it personally and think about it as a company. And the big step for us was I needed to identify how was I going to provide enough attention to these three businesses. So I have trenches with my core business. I have the Georgia Music Accord, which is my not-for-profit, which is really focused on a music education and Grammy experience here in Atlanta. And then I have, uh, we are the Atlanta franchisee, if you will, for uh, Drew Brees' FNA Flag Football Leagues. Everything is primed for scale in all three of those. And that's what the future looks like for me is now that I've got the organization, the motivation and the drive to figure out exactly what direction we're going to take those, it's starting to implement it. So, you know, I got in the car, turned the keys in the last six years, I've been idling and now it's time to press the gas. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. That's, that's exciting. That is, it is. It's terrifying. Exciting. <laughs> Like, I don't know, maybe we're out of gas. I don't know, but um, I am very excited to see, you know, for us, this very inspirational, impactful project on the Grammy experience that we're working on here in Atlanta. Um, trenches and getting the right people around the table to find that proper scale that we talked about. Yeah. And then finding the right partners to grow in communities across Metro Atlanta to have a great, another great youth sports platform for kids to, to engage and interact. Yeah. Okay. That sounds really exciting. There's a lot of businesses to move forward, but it's, it sounds exciting. I should have said things like metaverse and AR and AI, but that, that's oh. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. I think what you're doing is fantastic. I actually want to learn a little bit more in a minute about kind of some of the personal things, as I know that they kind of all like blend together. You've done a good job at blending what your passions are with what your work is, but we'll get onto that in a, in a moment. Um, yeah, so I, I really do want to actually, you know, I do want to learn more about you. I know our listeners want to learn more about you. So to so talk to me a little bit about pre-flight. So before you set off as an entrepreneur, what were some kind of significant milestones in your journey before then? You know, I appreciate you asking that. And, and I think for me, um, yeah, I work in sports. Um, my life has been dedicated to, um, to sports and it's where my passion and my profession intersect. Mm -hmm. um, I started, you know, as a kid with very impactful and, uh, and, motivating parents. They were just phenomenal. This, my support system was, was amazing. And I'm very, very lucky 
and blessed with that. Mm-hmm. And um, sports was the foundation. So it wasn't just my parents. It was the coaches and the people and the peers and the teammates. Yeah. Uh, college football for me was probably the most formative thing I had ever done. I, I went, you know, seven hours away from home. I, I didn't know anybody I was going to school with. Mm-hmm. I had a very serious injury my freshman year, which you know, made me have to overcome a tremendous amount of adversity. Um, and all along, I've had the opportunity to have, in, you know, people in my life that have continued to help me take the next step. I was, you know, immature and had to grow up through college. I got into my career and had motive, you know, mentors who really helped me take the steps. I tell people all the time, my, I grew up, my father sold packaging and toilet paper and tape. And I thought that was the world I was going to go in. I was like, I'm going to be a sales guy selling people yeah. you know, urinal cakes. That doesn't <laughs> sound like Right. Right. That doesn't sound like fun, but people can make a buttload of money. I've turned down an amazing, you know, $45,000 a year job at the time, which was huge number coming out of college for 3M company car choice of city. I was, I'll never forget this and forgive me for the longer story, but no, I want to hear it. Walked uh, into Minneapolis, St. Paul to 3M's headquarters. And I was the youngest kid there by 15 years with zero experience. There was eight people in line for this job there. The, it was an all day interview, eight interviews and a full lunch group interview. And I was like, there's no way in hell I'm getting this job, but I'm going to give it my best. I ended up getting offered the job. And to my dad, it was like, holy crap, this is the greatest thing that could happen. You're right. Yeah. out of Yeah. I turned that job down for a thousand dollar a month glorified internship with the, the peach bowl here in town, which was the college football sports college football bowl game. Right. And my dad looked at me like I was crazy. Um, and he probably, I was at the time. And I, I often think about where would my life go if I continued to sell those urinal cakes, but <laughs> I just knew where my passion lied. Yeah. And Everything I do in my life, whether it be business, philanthropic work, uh, coaching my kids, parenting, uh, being a husband to my wife, being a friend to my friends is about passion. Like you, you really know and you get all of me for whatever that's where good and bad, mostly bad. Uh, never, you always know where you stand. And I, I learned all of that through sports. And I learned all of that through being a teammate and being a team captain and you know, I have that same kind of viewpoint as my, my dad. So if I couldn't be passionate about what I did for a living, I was never going to, I was never going to be able to be successful at it. Mm -hmm. I probably could have made a hell of a lot more money selling those cakes than I do now. Yeah. Um, Because I, I saw the guys that, you know, my dad worked with or he, him and who he worked for and, and, and what he did, but I I just loved it. So the adversity along the way, the passion has always been there. And that's what's helped me overcome, you know, health issues that I faced that could have dropped, knocked me down, uh, stumbling blocks in my career path. Uh, all of those things were picked up or overcome by this passion to can mm-hmm. being successful is one thing, but to do what you enjoy. Yeah. Drives me. It's what motivates me. Yeah. Well, that means, you know, yourself too, Brad. And I think a lot of people, you know, we learn a lot about ourselves when we become entrepreneurs. It sounds like you were actually, you had a lot of foresight around you. You knew yourself very early on. You knew what your passions were. So. Wasn't for a, I named the company trenches because uh, you know, 
the American football side of being in the trenches is the the grunts. It's right. mud and the muck. Right. And I I had a mentor, the second person who helped me on this journey when I did get it right at the beginning was um, an old sage entrepreneur himself who said, you are the epitome of an entrepreneur because you are uh, you are the offensive lineman. You are the one who doesn't care about the the super being the superstar quarterback or the scoring the touchdowns. It was about doing the work and doing it the right way and working as part of a team. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was you know he's like that's you. That's what you need to do. And then when a friend of mine came along and said, you know, you really should call this company trenches because you're constantly in the trenches doing the work. I was like, man, that's it. I yeah, got that it. is it. No, it definitely, it speaks to, and it speaks to who you are. You, you, you're, you know, you sounds like you're still doing that. You're talking to your customers in the trenches, helping them build great things. So, um, yeah, I love it. That's love great. It. That, that's great. So Very tell much. me a little bit more about like, what problem does your company solve? Like what impact, maybe it's not even the company. Maybe you want to talk about the philanthropic side of what you do. I'd love to know like what impact you have made. Well, it's, um, I, again, thank you for asking that because the, the biggest thing for me is that they, these businesses have all organically come from my, my love and my passion for doing deals and, and building impactful partnerships that somehow touch people's lives. Uh, we are not curing cancer. Um, we are not doing anything that is, uh, you know, life-changing, but we are providing creating partnerships in the world of sports and music and entertainment that bring people joy. And, you know, we know that um, by having the corporate partners that we bring to the table to sponsor and support the different, you know, sports and entertainment initiatives that we consult for, we know that that's providing a level of joy or excitement or fun or a first concert experience or a first game for a father, son, or whatever it may be. And that's what I enjoy. So all of the you know, for me, the deal making and knowing that the impact that sports can have on people's lives offer itself to a very meaningful and impactful partnership to where I can honestly say that if a brand aligns with, with one of my clients through a sports marketing or you know, sponsorship platform, they're going to get a very meaningful return on that investment mm-hmm. because we know that the value proposition and the program that we're putting together can be impactful for them. I know yeah. you work in marketing and, you know, a big thing for us is sports and music are where passion and affinity lie. And if you have a brand can attach itself to that and the transference exists between those two entities coming together, me as a consumer moves farther down. We move farther down the buying funnel. Yeah. And then yeah, we, no, be- I agree. you know, we become passionate and we become advocates yeah. Um, sport. And that's what I love about what we do. So trenches was the, the whole core of trenches is to help brands find those platforms to engage with consumers or fansumers as we call them. Right. Out of that, I had built the college football hall of fame, which was the most challenging project I have ever worked on. I was the chief revenue officer at the college football hall of fame. Mm-hmm. And we built this amazing experience. Um, and it was me and two amazing guys and an incredible board and team that, you know, that place I can literally say has my blood, sweat, and tears in it. And 
I knew that if I wanted to really feel that sense of accomplishment, that, that joy of, of, of all of the hard work coming to life and seeing kids and interact and engage, um, I needed to figure out what else could I do that was along those lines. So knowing that the expertise that we have lies in creating corporate partnerships, getting brands involved in sports and entertainment, a very good friend of mine came to me and said, hey, can we create educational initiatives for the music industry? And I said, absolutely, let's create a platform where we created a bricks and mortar facility where educational programs could come to life, where you know the industry could engage with the next generation of workforce, where we could create a significant economic impact. So we are working to build a Grammy experience here in Atlanta with the Georgia Music Accord. So the same work that I had done mm-hmm. to build trenches from the College Football Hall of Fame to trenches, has then manifested into another similar project, um, very impactful and meaningful because you know there's billions of dollars flooding into Atlanta right now with tech companies looking to find the next generation of tech talent. Mm-hmm. And STEAM curriculum is such an important part to developing the next generation of these tech workers and these team members and music could truly be the sticky substance and the tool and the vessel that they use to get interested in elements of the tech industry. The STEAM curriculum allows us to you know, create programs, get into the community to ultimately develop that next generation, all while celebrating Atlanta's vast music heritage and the, you know, the incredible impact that we have on from both the entire state and the impact Atlanta has in the music scene globally right now. So all of those things um, lend itself to those two working so well together. Yeah. The third one was a total, you know, I guess out of necessity comes, you know, stupid hard work. Um, My, during the pandemic, the kids didn't have a place to, you know, flag football leagues and different sports leagues were not reopening. So we created and, and partnered with the football in America group to bring the flag football franchise to Atlanta. And it's probably what I enjoy most only because you see kids having such an amazing time. Yeah. Um, learning the game that I love it goes all the way back to what made me. Yeah. And so anyway, That's the long- great. it's going full circle and, and continuing. Yeah. yeah. That's a, you've done a great job of instrument, like being instrumenting. That's the right word being instrumental and making all those things happen that you love and then being able to blend it together. So um, I always find that's very impressive when you meet people. And I suppose at the end of the day, when they say you have to have a passion to do what you do, I mean, you definitely are proving that, that it, when you have a passion, it's, it's then easy to do what you do, isn't it? Uh, it's passion or is an ignorance? I don't know. Um, but <laughs> we will I, question I, that now and again with our own selves. You know what I I love and and the funny thing is I get to meet a bunch of other lunatics through EO that I know have the same passion for what they're good at that I do and yeah you know, we have the support system that help us all get through it yeah that's really true I definitely agree with agree with you so uh, I have a really great introspection question here I love to ask this question Brad here we go if you were to do this all again would you do it all over again um, what day is it. Um, 
<laughs> I, yes. The simple answer is yes. Uh, would I do a couple of things differently? Yes. Hindsight's 2020, but I, um, yeah. I don't know if I could ever go back. Yeah. And for me, my family is so very instrumental to my sanity, believe it or not, uh, my success, my motivation, my happiness, um, the time that I have been able to spend with them um, because of these businesses and being able to structure my, my schedule and being able to, you know, have some of the flexibility that, that we have while still working our tails off. Yeah. Successful. All of those things can't be found elsewhere. And even though I'm still a bad entrepreneur, I, I, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't go back any other and do it any other way. Yeah. I love that. I haven't heard one person yet say, that they wouldn't do that, you know, like, like you say, you would might have done things different, but you would have still done it. Um, I, think, I think we're wired that way. And again, knowing that I still did well, knowing that I didn't have the itch. Yeah. You know, a lot of entrepreneurs you meet um, aren't, you know, they, they, they don't mind risk. You know, yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't jump in. I, I bootstrapped this thing. I didn't want to yeah. owe somebody a bunch of money. I didn't want to, yeah. You know, and, but even then I still think, wow, maybe a itch grows over time that you never fully scratch it. Yeah. It starts. Yeah. Yeah. Which is that you then have to expand and do other things. And one business turned into three and yeah. ask me about the future again, because God knows what that's going <laughs> to. But, and it also gives you the flexibility, like you say, with your family and the children and to, some people think, I think they think I can't be an entrepreneur because, you know, I, I'm going to be working all the time. I won't see my kids. I, I feel like that's the opposite. Yeah. I feel like, I know speaking from my own, I have two daughters. It's like, I've been in their lives a lot because I have been able to work around their schedule whenever I want it. Yeah. And I think corporate life, not to say it's a bad life, but um, sometimes that flexibility isn't there, isn't there so much. And isn't important? Isn't it important to make sure that we fill as many buckets as possible? I mean, yes, we may not have kids. Some people may not have. No, but whatever that bucket is, yeah, yeah, you have to be able to find time to to travel or yeah. to, you know, to to work out. Which I, you know, I haven't filled that bucket yet. I haven't no. figured. That out. <laughs> I mean, I just think that you have to find that balance. Yeah, Being an entrepreneur. While sometimes we're off kilter. Um, you still know your why you still yeah. work towards that balance. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Really good. So um, what do you do outside of work, Brad? Tell me a little bit about kind of your, I know, I know you talked about some of your passions and, but um, I'd love to kind of know, like it's Saturday morning. What are you doing? What does the weekend look like for you? Uh, Saturday and Sunday mornings, we're usually, uh, running around like chickens with our head cuts cut off, making sure that kids are fed, that baseball bags are filled and that we're off to the next game. Right. <laughs> we, we, um, two boys okay. who, you know, eight and nine or eight and 10. And, um, you know, I, we think about sometimes do we over-program them, but we just love, you know, our kids love being out with their friends, being on the go. And mm -hmm. I, we're not built to sit around and, and, um, you know, have lazy weekends. The, uh, the things that I love doing are being out, um, coaching my kids mm -hmm. for 
I really love working with other kids and families and people, you know, being part of a team. Um, if it wasn't for our baseball family, we wouldn't have survived the pandemic as a family just because we were, they were so impactful in those early days of us being together outside and cutting through some of the craziness that we all dealt with. Yeah. But I think ultimately for us, what, regardless of that, our passion, my, my wife and I both being college athletes and both working in the business and, you know, it's what we truly enjoy. Mm-hmm. You know, my wife and I need more date nights, um, you know, but I, and even, even being with my friends, those friends come from the circles that are driven yeah. by you know, where, our, where our kids are hanging out or what sports team they're playing on. So yeah. you know, I've got a crazy bourbon collection that I love sharing. Uh, we're getting into wine. So the next one of these will have to be in person around yeah. the bar, Sarah. Yeah, 100%. I mean, yeah. I, I'm all about these wine trips and wine tours. And and I just spoke to somebody earlier on a podcast who um, does a podcast and it's called Drink Wash You Think. So, oh no, sorry. Think Wash You Drink. I think the other, <laughs> but basically does a podcast with alcohol. I have not considered that for EO. I don't know. <laughs> I really wish you would have thought about before we recorded this. I know. I have to get you back on the show. Well, I, I want to, because I want to hear how 2023 goes and all of this, um, all these things you're going to do. I'm, I'm really excited for you. Um, and, and I know COVID was challenging for the industries that you're in. And so I'm loving to hear the fact that you are set up for success and the passion is burning through you. So that's wonderful, Brad. Yeah. And, you know, regardless of what the adversity would have been, um, we all face challenges in our business. And yeah. I am just glad that I get a chance to do this. And and mm-hmm. I mean, I joined EO right in the heart of the biggest adversity most of us will ever face. You and I were in the same, yeah. you know, court and yeah. I didn't know if this would work. I, I didn't know in that first year if virtually talking yeah. was going to help my business, but it wasn't until we started traveling again that I really found how this works for me. Yeah. How can be a, yeah. a benefit to, to my personal and professional growth. Yeah, no, so, I agree. I, I agree. Enough for joining us um, and leading the, uh, the listen up event. It has been, it was incredible to, to watch it you work. Good. Yeah. I enjoy all that. I enjoy this podcast too. I think I'm finding my, Another one of my passions, if I'm honest, through this podcast, which is really interesting for me. But um, so, Brad, how, how do people connect with you? What's if they wanted to reach out? What's the best way? Uh, email me, Brad at trenchesconsulting.com. Okay. Our website is trenchesconsulting.com. Okay. Uh, we uh, they can always find me on LinkedIn as well. Probably the best way from a business standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, just email me. I, I I would love to meet more of our members and more people who listen to this podcast because I think EO's real value lies is is networking and learning. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. So, well, oh my gosh, this has been really delightful. Thank you, um, Brad, so much for joining us today. Thanks, Sarah. It's such a fun experience and thanks for having me join you. I really appreciate it. You are welcome. And thank you to our audience. Thank you to our listeners, to our viewers. If you found something interesting, maybe you laughed a little bit as we went along. I know we had some nice conversation. Share it. Please tell people about this podcast. We really want to grow, grow our reach and really grow the impact that we are making um, to entrepreneurs. Um, So again, thank you, Brad. It wouldn't have been a special without you. 
Um, and this has been another exciting episode of EO Atlantis Taking Flight. And I really look forward to seeing you all next time. And so that wraps up another episode. Thank you for joining. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at takingflight.live. For more information about EO Atlanta, visit eoatlanta.org. Special thanks to the following sponsors.